With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down as the Twisted Tuesday has begun. We step up and in like the Los Angeles Clippers that did this evening. A buck 54. They hang 154 points on the Dallas Mavericks uh, this evening. And uh, this game was over before it got started uh, tonight. A combined 265 points uh, put up. Uh, The total was 236 and a half. All right. Total 236 and a half. They put up 265 uh, points. Doc Rivers challenges uh, the Los Angeles Clippers' mental toughness. Uh, They respond in a big way and throttle the Dallas Mavericks, uh, who are overwhelmed without Chris Tapps or Przingis. In the lineup. Uh, Meanwhile, Jamal Murray puts on a shooting clinic uh, earlier today in the bubble. Drops uh, uh, 40-plus down on uh, Utah. Outduels Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell's been averaging 37 points a game in the playoffs. Been absolutely uh, lighting it up. Denver digs down deep. And uh, suddenly we've got a series on our hands. Just like we've got a series on our hands uh, with Houston and Oklahoma City. The Toronto Raptors. And the Boston Celtics, we've got numbers. And in fact, we've got more numbers for this series than the New York Lottery. All right, so we'll bust uh, we'll uh, bust it up and break it all uh, down. Pete Annapolis will step up. And then RDS Television, former assistant coach with the UMass uh, Minutemen, our main man, uh, Pete Annapolis, steps up and then we'll talk uh, NBA basketball, Oklahoma City, and uh, Houston. Critical uh, game right now. They're all locked up. Um, you know, the, uh, the winner of the next game uh, is in the driver's seat. And uh, the Toronto Raptors have concerns uh, right now. Not just Kyle Lowry, but the Toronto Raptor players seem to be uh, more upset um, than anybody about the latest uh, shooting uh, in Wisconsin. And we'll share our thoughts uh, on uh, that uh, throughout the program. We're going to get into the NFL as well as the countdown is on, man. All right, like it uh, or not, ready or not, here we come. It's a National Football League regular season is around the corner. It's time to start doing this thing. 16 days and counting. We're going to crush it uh, tonight. We're going to crunch some numbers on the grid this evening. Pete Annapolis steps up and then talks basketball. We're talking pucks this evening as well. Tampa responds. Tampa needed this. I don't know if you can call game two must win. That was must win. Sports race late night has begun. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rageahol. <laughs> Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gabriel Morenci. Vent your rage. A lot of stuff to get to uh, here uh, this evening. NBA basketball, NFL football, Major League uh, Baseball. We had a no-hitter uh, this evening. It's always nice to be part of the no-hitter as well, as uh, we'll get into that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, but um, let me just uh, let me ask everybody, um, is, is the massacre over yet? Stop, stop. He's already dead. He's already dead. As uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, like, just took out, like, a hammer and cracked the Dallas Mavericks in the face uh, with this. And, um, yeah, this thing didn't last uh, very long. This was like uh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> this was uh, Mike Tyson and uh, Michael Spinks, uh, essentially. That's what this was uh, this evening. An epic uh, beatdown. The Los Angeles Clippers' uh, mental toughness was challenged by Doc Rivers, and they responded in a big way. Pete Annapolis did the game, already has that television. Uh, our basketball insider, former uh, assistant UMass uh, Minutemen, steps up and in in the late night hours. Uh, Pete, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Gabe. Always a pleasure, man. So I tell you what, the Clippers uh, were challenged by their head coach, and Doc Rivers said uh, he was surprised uh, by their mental weakness and fragility, and uh, they responded in a big way uh, tonight. And, you know, you look at this series, and in every basketball game, Los Angeles has had a double-digit lead, and uh, Dallas has played themselves back in it, and they've come back and actually won uh, two of those basketball uh, games. Um, So you saw tonight the Clippers just weren't taking the pedal off the metal, and they end up scoring 154 points. Well, they scored the third-highest total in an NBA playoff game in the history of the league. But you're right. This is a team that was challenged by their head coach. I think they were challenged by the Mavericks, who without Kristaps Porzingis in game four uh, came back and won one of the great basketball games of, of recent times. You know, it starts with Kawhi Leonard, who's been very aggressive. Um, he's been averaging 33 points a game in this series. I think that there's been no problem with him. 
But, you know, Paul George has been the guy that has faced the criticism and well-deserved criticism because he's getting paid the high money. Uh, he hasn't delivered right now. It's not only that he's not putting up the points, Gabe. He's been so inefficient. I mean, atrocious numbers from the field, 29% heading into this game. So when he hit his first couple of baskets, that propelled him to gain confidence to hit his three-point shots. The ball moved tonight for the Clippers. They distributed the basketball. Everybody got involved. Uh, and I think that they were locked in defensively. I think that Luca, you know, is not at 100%. They took advantage of that. They continue to be physical with all the Mavericks. I think they really imposed their will tonight, uh, and that's what Doc Rivers wanted. Um, mission accomplished in terms of winning this game, but I knew that this was going to be a long series. It needs the, the health of Porzingis, the health of Luca to make this really competitive, but the Mavericks are in the heads of the Clippers. They responded tonight. But I anticipate that the Mavericks will come out with a lot of more energy heading into Game Six. Yeah, we've seen we've seen resiliency as a key uh, with these teams. We saw that uh, with Denver, and we'll get to that uh, in a moment. And you know, I'm not saying that the Los Angeles Lakers or the LA Clippers need any help. And you know, it's no secret that not just the league, but I think everybody wants to see. Um, L.A. versus L.A. and LeBron versus Kawhi. But with that being stated, it's amazing from where we were a couple of days ago to where we are right now after game one of the Portland Trailblazers series and in which Portland were red hot. Uh, Damian Lillard dislocated. Like, think if you're the Portland Trailblazers and you're Lillard. Like, you're playing great basketball. And listen, they, they got smoked. It is what it is, but you also can't deny the fact he had a dislocated finger and now a right sprained knee, and he's out. That series is done. Uh, the Lakers are 14-point favorites uh, in tomorrow's basketball game, so Portland can't win without Damian Lillard. And then, conversely, same thing. Kristaps Porzingis gets knocked out, which really did help the Los Angeles Clippers here. Let's be real. There's no question about it. I mean, injuries always play a key uh, key part in any type of playoffs. But here in the bubble, what's interesting, Gabe, is that we're going to a standard you're playing every second night. You know, they're not – players are not getting and teams are not getting sometimes the two, three, or sometimes four days between games to satisfy the TV rights and the TV schedule. So having said that, you know, Westbrook is out. You know, OKC's hanging around with the Rockets. They have a new life. If Porzingis didn't get ejected in game one, the Mavs would have won that game. And probably the Mavs with a healthy Porzingis probably even could have knocked out the Clippers. Uh, you know, people might say, yeah, well, how do you even consider that that could happen? Hey, look how they've been dominating them offensively. Tonight was a, you know, wash. You know, Luka wasn't 100%. But this is a team that when they're healthy, they're very dangerous, uh, which is the Dallas Mavericks. And I think the Clippers right now, um, yes, George played better tonight. Kawhi's playing great basketball, but they're going to have to elevate their game if they want to compete and get into the next round because every team believes that in this bubble, they're not afraid of, the, of, of anybody. So um, credit to the Clippers for standing up today. The Blazers, Gabe, we said this, they're mentally and physically fatigued. Um, those nine playoff games to get into the bubble, to get into the playoff bubble, uh, really took its toll. Uh, but things are kind of looking, you know, and again, the Lakers are the Lakers. LeBron felt good uh, finally after 10 points 
uh, in the previous game. He's trying to shoot half-court shots in, in the game when half the team is injured. Davis with the back spasms. Again, um, man, let's see what happens. I think the Blazers are done. But I think that if Houston can come out of there, and I think OKC, whoever gets there, will give the Lakers problems in the second round. I look forward. We'll get to you. We'll get your take on that game in a moment. Uh, Jamal Murray drops 42. And, you know, just just amazing in the sense it was it was Michael Jordan-like in the sense in which it was just one guy. It was like basically Jamal Murray versus the Utah Jazz in the last five minutes of the game. Like, honestly. Like, he would just get the ball and, you know, everyone else just stood there and said, all right, let, let him do his thing. And he just would not miss. And they kept changing guys and rotating guys on him. And there was good defense on him, too. There were a lot of hands in his face. He just had that patented jumper down. He just wouldn't miss. You know, Denver was sort of overwhelmed. I'm going to, you know, cut him a little slack. I think people underestimate missing uh, Will Barton, missing Gary Harris uh, like they have been. But at the same point in time, Utah had been more tenacious. Utah had been a more competitive team. Uh, on on the court and you know I think listen Utah had him on the ropes again today and it was just the classic they they let him off the hook as the late great Dennis Green said Pete we let him off the hook <laughs> like you guys had him you're up double digits <laughs> and I think you just thought well whatever they're done they're gonna roll over any minute right now and Jamal Murray just kept chipping away and hitting shots and then suddenly you know instead of 12 it was nine and then hey it's seven and it's six and then Suddenly, Denver takes the lead. I give credit to the Denver Nuggets. You got, you know, they dug down deep. They could have rolled over and tapped out. They didn't. And now we've got a series there right now. Utah might rue this that they let them back in it. Well, I would echo your sentiments. There's no create. There's no question about it that they let one slip away when you're up by double digits in a game five closeout situation. You must take advantage of this if you're an NBA team and if you're the Utah Jazz. Quinn Schneider has been doing incredible work without Bogdanovich. They have to replace 20 points a game, Gabe. That's not easy to do in the NBA, specifically in the playoffs. Conley misses the games. He comes back. But Jamal Murray, let me get back to him. It's 82 points in two games offensively. It's just incredible. But what I'm more impressed with is the zero turnovers in these two games combined. He's a guy that has virtually the ball in his hands, making every single play. I got to give credit to the Canadian from Kitchener, Ontario. No turnovers, competed, made big shots, and he kept Mike Malone alive in the Denver Nuggets because if they would lose the five, Malone gets fired. An assassin, an absolute assassin. All right, on the other side, we'll get Pete's thoughts on OKC and Houston and the Raptors in the Boston Celtics series. Sports Race Late Night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it today? Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Portrait's late night continues. I am Gabriel Morancy. We're kicking it with Pete Annapolis uh, right now. We're talking NBA basketball, RDS television uh, analyst, former assistant, uh, coach with the UMass uh, Minutemen, old school, kicking it uh, with us. So, uh, Pete, Oklahoma City Thunder have even the series uh, with the Houston Rockets, and it hasn't been easy for them. Um, they've, they've had to, like, play near perf- perfect basketball. They've had to play better offensively and shoot at a higher percentage than they're used to yet they've managed to pull it off. And I guess, um, you know, here we are right now, and I guess a lot of it comes down to whether Houston just hits hits their open looks uh, or not. But there have been some adjustments. And to me, really the key, uh, listen, uh, Gilgis Alexander's been great. He's hit some clutch shots in some real real tough, you know, spots, man. Uh, Dort's defense has been very impressive and has been a difference maker. Uh, at times, even though Harden goes off, he's not going off, 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 off. So, you know, Dort's made a difference. But to me, it's really Dennis Schroeder. Uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder's offensive outbursts um, and his ability to take it to the rack and penetrate to just does a great job providing them with 24, 25, 26 points, uh, stepping up. What's been the key here, and where does this series go from here now that we're locked up at two right now? Well, I think the injury to Westbrook has really hurt the depth uh, of the Houston Rockets. They've been able to play with eight guys, but Westbrook is a guy that can get rebounds and push in transition, and he brings that element of toughness and ferocity that I think is lacking here for the Rockets. Now, defensively, they're not bringing it if you're Houston, and as you mentioned, Schroeder's been going off on the second unit. Uh, I'm surprised they were able to sign him. He's an elite point guard. He's perfectly fitted in this role to play next to Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Lugans Dort has been unbelievable in terms of limiting and making it difficult with his physicality on James Harden. His field goal percentage is way, way down uh, in this series, despite him getting some point total that he's accustomed to getting. Now, the shots are there for Houston. Yes, they've been able to, to build multi-digit leads in every four games so far. But can they close? This has been there's a heel heel throughout the last three to four years in this era of Mike D'Antoni. Now the pressure is on James Harden. He cannot let this team lose again, specifically in the first round. And you have a player in Chris Paul who was traded from the Houston Rockets to the OKC Thunder. They quit on Paul. There's an element of pride that Chris has really elevated in the last couple of games. He wasn't really uh, playing that well 
but he's consolidated that pride to make big shots in the fourth quarter and in overtime. I think right now the momentum has swung, you know, being up 2-0 and now giving up two games again. OKC thinks they're going to win this series. They had them on the ropes. And right now, who's going to make big shots if they get the ball out of James Harden's hands in the fourth quarter? Eric Gordon is really a guy that's been unstable. He's really not been as consistent. You want P.J. Tucker taking those corner threes, you know, that he's wide open, Daniel House. Again, I think that Houston still has the advantage here. I think that if they could bear down and get some stops, which they haven't been able to do, and if they get into another big lead, they should be able to close out. But right now in Game 5, the three-point guard look for OKC is giving the Rockets problems because their small ball is being matched by the small ball of the OKC Thunder. Uh, Pete Annapolis uh, kicking it with us. Um, so, uh, Pete, I'm sure a lot of people have already asked you this, and you're going to get asked this a lot over the next couple of days uh, still, uh, but uh, do you know anything about Kyle Lowry? And, you know, the Toronto Raptors have been pretty, you know, pretty tight-lipped about uh, about his status. And, you know, man, you know, sprained ankles can, can mean a lot of different things, Pete, uh, as you know. I think they're somewhat fortunate that they played Sunday and then they don't have to play. That's the benefit of sweeping, and you get rewarded for that. And that's why every game – and that's why, you know, if you're Milwaukee, well, you know what? You guys got to go out there and play again still. Uh, because, you know, you didn't handle your business in one of these games. So, you know, the Raptors have that benefit. But what are you hearing? How long is is he going to be out for, uh, do you think? So I'll tell you two things. Number one, on Sunday, I was speaking to an assistant coach of the Boston Celtics, and I told him that Kyle Lowry hurt his ankle. And he said, how bad was it? And I said, well, it's a sprain. And he answers, he'll play on Thursday. Then I tell him, yes unless he has a fracture with his ankle. And his answer, he will play on Thursday. So that is the level of respect <laughs> that Kyle Lowry has. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a true story. He, he has so much respect throughout the NBA. I team. told he someone the same thing today. Toughest player. Me and Cam. Yeah. Cam was like, Cam right. said he'll play. I was like, yeah, yeah, he'll like, if any, like he is one of the toughest guys, uh, toughest guys in the league. I, I, no one can dispute that. Number two, the Raptors keep things closely to the vest. Nothing really leaks too much under the leadership of Masai Ujiri. But from what I was able to gather, Kyle Lowry will play. He will start on Thursday uh, in the backcourt for the Toronto Raptors. He played with a broken thumb throughout the playoffs last year. I think that what will be a question mark is he has five days that he's able to rest, but the mobility – you know, how how efficient will it be? And when you look at the matchup against the Celtics, right, this is like a championship fight. This is like a – this could be an NBA Finals uh, a showdown between two heavyweights. You got in the backcourt, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart. You got Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Lee. You know, Kyle's going to go against Kemba, and Kemba's going to try and make him work while he uses the screen. And you know that Lowry impacts the game with his defensive presence, his hustle, and his energy, and his ability to draw charges. If his mobility is not at 100%, that doesn't make him as efficient as he usually is. But Kyle's been able to overcome any type of injury, and he has this incredible threshold of pain. Uh, it looks like Kyle will be ready to go. Hopefully he'll get another day of treatment. Nobody does it better than the Toronto Raptors. Um, exercise and science uh, team and department. 
we hope that Kyle will be healthy because this could be tantalizing on both ends. Yeah, you know what? The Boston Celtics have always been a team, like from the Toronto Raptors' perspective, that I thought is a serious threat uh, to them. And, you know, it's just facts. And if you look, they've actually played four times this year, including one game in the bubble that didn't mean anything to the Raptors at the time. Uh, But the fact is, Boston have beaten them three out of four times. You remember, they beat them on Christmas Day. They beat them earlier in the season. Uh, The Raptors did respond. I think the Raptors were kind of embarrassed after that Christmas Day uh, loss. And then they beat them a couple of nights later. I think Christmas is on Wednesday. And then they played Friday in Boston, and the Raptors responded uh, with a win. To me, the difference is the Raptors' size and Boston's lack of it and and rebounding, although Cantor is a nice player. I like Boston's roster a lot. Uh, I do. They don't have Hayward. What's your prediction uh, for, for this series, Pete? Um, you know, you yeah, know this, gonna... and I know this. These teams have always won on each other's, um, like, they can't win – They've always dominated on their home court. So it's interesting now they're going to be playing on a neutral court because they've been evenly matched for years, these two teams, when they play. And I got to tell you, a seven-game series really wouldn't surprise me this year either. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Toronto winning this series just because of their experience uh, and their depth in terms of the first unit and the second unit. They have essentially seven starters with Powell and Ibaka coming off the bench. Uh, I think this series will go seven games. I, I just think that uh, Tatum is emerging as a scoring star. Kemba Walker is a lot healthier. Jalen Brown could score. And here's my here's one of my points. The Raptors have been able to really limit superstar players that they play against. We saw it against Vucevic last year. We saw it yep. against Giannis. Um, we saw it against Embiid. They continue to do it this year. They limit Harden. They limit LeBron. The thing with the Celtics, they have multiple scores. I just just mentioned that could put the ball in the hoop, although Gordon Hayward is injured. You're going to have to slow down three guys in Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. So that's why it creates a little bit of a matchup problem. The Celtics don't have the depth and the quality that the Raptors have. You know, are the Brad Wanamakers and the Grant Williams and the NS Cantors going to be able to produce against the second unit of the Raptors? I'm not quite so sure. But again, Fred Van Vliet said it. We're pretty tough to beat if you're going to beat a squad of seven times. If if OG is on Tatum and somewhat slows him down a little bit, makes him work, Siakam's going to have to step up his offensive uh, game and repertoire. I just think they have that championship DNA and pedigree. I think that the Raptors defensively are going to give them problems, and I see them winning the series. Yeah, I think the um, if I had to make a prediction uh, right now, and we'll make our final uh, predictions before before the series starts, but I'll say the Raptors in six. It could go seven, but I think the Raptors will handle uh, their business. And, you know, a great point that you raised. And, and Norman Powell's just really raised the level of his game over the last uh, year and a half uh, or so. Um, and and Sergi Baca, great guy to have coming off the bench. And he doesn't play, like, off the bench. Like, he plays serious minutes. But to me, the Raptors' secret weapon, uh, Pete, is Coach Nick Nurse. And, you know, Nick Nurse does a great job of, of and, and his staff, seemingly, they just do a great job of figuring out defensive schemes to stop the opposing team shooters and stars. Yeah, Nick Nurse, there's a reason he's the coach of the year. He came into the NBA as the Raptors head coach last year with with a, the, an amazing offensive repertoire 
and strategies, but he's really been creative. He's innovated defensively. You've seen that he's not afraid to go to box and one, different type of zone defenses. Nick Nurse is definitely an advantage here, and I think Brad Stevens is a great coach, a little bit unproven. The Celtics, it's time that they make a push. They got to win this series, but as you said, I think I love the depth and the quality of the career that the Raptors bring here. Pete Yiannopoulos, great stuff as always, Pete. Thanks for the insight. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for the time. All right. Take care, guys. Pete Yiannopoulos, Sports Late Night. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Portrait's late night continues. I am Gabriel Morantin. Thanks to Pete Annapolis uh, for joining us on the program. Great stuff, as always, uh, with Pete. And uh, Pete always brings it. And um, every once in a while, man, Pete will break some news. Pete was all over that Zion Williamson uh, stuff as far as, uh, you know, the agent. And he had the inside scoop, <laughs> what nobody else uh, did. Uh, but I like the inside that uh, Pete says he was talking to a Boston Celtics assistant coach who said yeah yeah Kyle Lowry will play yeah it might be a fracture yeah 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 Kyle Lowry will play and I think that's sort of the thought process amongst everybody out there that yeah 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 whatever Kyle Lowry is going to play yet without being stated without being uh, stated you know 2020 has been a year like uh like none other it really it really has been for you know for better or worse you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now and younger people tuning in, you can, you know, people will talk about 2020 in the history books and uh, you can recap how uh, how crazy it, it was. And, it, you know, this year, doesn't it feel like the longest year ever in the history of the world? <laughs> like, like, seriously, like think about like to when the pandemic hit. Like, think about, like, where the world was before the pandemic hit North America as, you know, like when people said, well, no one saw this coming. Well, you kind of did when you considered it destroyed Italy and China. So, you know, it really wasn't a shock. But um, just think of where we were. As I said, I was sitting in the Meadowlands. I was at the sports book at the Meadowlands doing a show. And, you know... The, the sports world just came to an end, all right? So the sports world came to an end, but just think about, like, the pandemic, coronavirus, lockdowns, masks, quarantines, um, you know, the first little while in which people were scared to leave their houses, uh, and then riots, George Floyd, riots, more coronavirus, more death, more quarantine, more fights about masks and vaccinations and... Like, this year, just, you know, it seems like it's like, dear God. Like, and and it's still, we're still a ways away from the end of this thing. And now, of course, we have a new, a new, um, a new shooting, more rioting uh, right now. 
uh, after uh, police in Wisconsin uh, shoot somebody in the back seven times. He actually survived, uh, but will never walk again. So the Toronto Raptor players, there was talk, and listen, nobody ever really believed that they were not going to play in an NBA playoff game. Yet, Toronto, the Toronto Raptors, uh, as a team, as a group, seemingly were like more, more upset and uh, more willing and demanding to do something um, about this than than others were. Although Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell did say, and I should have known. And this is where I'm going here with this, and I'm not, I don't want to make light of anything, but. Uh, if you really want to get deep on social issues, tune into the Don Lemon show. <laughs> uh, but what I'll tell you is, Donovan Mitchell tweeted out earlier in the day and said, "said Who gives a crap?" And he actually used a different word. He said, "Who gives a crap about this?" He goes, "You know, I'm sick of this crap." And he showed the video of 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 the shooting, and he said, "Like f the playoffs." He said, "This is why we were talking about, like, you know what I mean." And so Donovan Mitchell was clearly upset about this. LeBron is very upset about it. Um, but Norman Powell and Fred Van Fleet, there was, you know, sort of murmurs today about the Raptors, like, protesting and stuff. And listen, I respect I respect any, anybody's social activism. And I respect anybody's, anybody's right to to um, practice their social activism. But at the same point in time, at the same point in time, and I'm not making light of anything, but you're in the playoffs right now, all right? And the fact of the matter is you can't stop your life and you can't stop your job every time there's an injustice in the world and somebody gets shot. People get shot every day, all right? Sometimes the media finds out and makes a story about it. Other times they don't. It's the same thing with missing kids, right? It all depends on what the kid looks like, all right? As far as, you know, whether Nancy Grace will start raging about this. I respect the player's social activism, but the fact of the matter is you get paid a lot of money to be a basketball player. If you want to change the system, I got to tell you, you got to run for mayor. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I mean? Like, you want to change the system, then become a police chief. Like, step aside and become a police chief. But, like, you can't have it both ways where it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to take the team's money all year, and now I'm going to be like, well, you know what? There's another shooting. So are you not going to play every time someone shoots a cop? Do we stop playing every time someone shoots a cop? Cops get shot a lot. You know, I know cops in Chicago, fans of the show. Man, I'm worried for them every day. I see on the news, man. People tried to run cops over in Chicago. People shoot at cops in Chicago. I'm just stating, there's injustice in this world. And, you know, as an NBA player, you can use your platform and the money that you make in a very positive manner. In a very positive manner, but 
the problem is, you know, with, with this stuff, with this NBA in which everyone's a social justice warrior now, is, you know, we go back to the Hong Kong stuff. So, like, you guys are picking and choosing, like, what outrages you. We get it. Everybody's outraged. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's outraged. But, but you know, if if you really want, you know, to, you know, to change, not playing, if you're an NBA player, let me tell you something. All right? Some racist cop in Wisconsin could give two craps whether you play or not. And in fact, they'll all get a big laugh at the at the cop shop that you're not playing. They'll be like, can you imagine these candy asses aren't playing because of us? Then you're letting them win again. You're letting them win again. And 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 the fact of the matter is, and like I said, I understand your outrage. I, I totally get it. Uh, but at the same point in time, you need to be focused on the Boston Celtics right now. All right? Like, you can't be worried about protests. You can't be worried about what's going on in the outside world all the time. You have your own world. You're getting paid. That's your job. If you don't like it, then retire and then go give speeches and run for bloody office. All right? Go change the system from within. And it's the same damn thing for Tuka Rask or the Boston Bruins. All right? And it has nothing to do with social activism with him. You got a damn job. Shut up and do it. You know, Tuka Rask, you took $7 million this year from the Boston Bruins. All right? You go to the playoffs and you leave because you miss your family. Are you giving them the money back? It's like, yeah, well, you know what? Your family lives in a nice-ass house in Finland, bro, because we paid you. I get it. I'm all for social activism. I get it. But at the same point in time, for the love of God, man, whether you play or not, all right, cops aren't going to stop shooting people. I think the NBA has done a good job with the message, although let's just be real. You know, what is the NBA player's message? I didn't, you know what? I didn't see NBA players saying, I'm not playing after Harold called Luka Doncic a punk-ass bitch white boy. I, did you see any outrage? I didn't see any outrage. And in fact, they all swept it under the carpet until it was like they were forced to talk about it like two days later. Oh, no, no, that's just smack talk. Oh, no, that's okay. So, you know, you know what I mean? So what? We're going to start picking and choosing. Well, yeah, whatever. What about the what about people in Hong Kong are getting their skulls cracked right now? Well, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I remember LeBron. I don't have to have an opinion on everything. Why are you asking me about that? You know, LeBron, LeBron wasn't a big social activist when he's worried about distribution of his crap-ass movie Space Jam in China. Right? Then suddenly, well, you know, then, hey, you know, well, hey, you know. Hey, I'm just a basketball player. What are you asking me about that? Look at Steve Kerr. I respect the hell out of Steve Kerr. That's why it was so disappointing when Steve Kerr was asked about the Hong Kong China stuff, and what did he say? 
Steve Kerr said, I'm really not up to verse and up to speed on that enough to comment on it. Well, number one, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. I bet you you are. And then you find out that Steve Kerr's like sister's husband is a professor in Chinese relations. Oh, yeah, you know nothing about this, Kerr. You know, you got like 142 IQ or whatever, 148. But with this, you're just a moron. You know, remember Greg Popovich? Greg Popovich just gets outraged by every damn tweet that Trump does. Whatever, he had nothing to say about the Hong Kong China stuff. And listen, everybody's a damn hypocrite when it comes to China, all right? You can't complain about these guys that borrow money from them every day, all right? But also, like, don't give me this. You, know, everyone, you guys are all social justice warriors. Yeah, when, it, when it's convenient for you. So, you know, that's my whole deal with this. It's like, like I said, maybe if, maybe if one of you NBA players would have stood up after Montrez Harrell said what he said, but no, you guys didn't care. You didn't care that. You didn't care. You know, like, like I said, you're going to stop every time a cop gets shot? Hey, a cop got shot. Hey, maybe we better not play tomorrow because a cop got shot. It's preposterous. Like, let's just, come on. Yeah, I understand. I, I, to- I totally get it. I, I get the frustration. I understand the outrage. Uh, but, like, who are you? Who are you? Like, what are you proving anything to anybody? You're screwing up your own career. You're screwing up your own life. You put in a ton of work already. All right? You put in a ton of work already to get this far. You can't let other people win. You can't let other people dictate what you're going to do in your life. I think that, you know, there is a vast discussion for NBA players to be had once the season is over if they want to make, like, major impact about how they could do it. Uh, But the stuff about, you know, at some point in time, you've got to focus on your own business, all right? And then, you know what, just remember, you're making 25 and $30 million a year to play basketball. You're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars uh, after when you're retired. You can do a hell of a lot of social activism then, all right? I'm not telling you not to be a social activist. I'm just telling you that, hey, you got a playoff game in 36 hours. Sports Rage Late Night. And your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait's late night continues. I am Gabriel Moranzi. You know, it's like I said, uh, it's been a it's been a crazy year, 2020, and um, I think people want a return to like just sort of more uh, normalcy. And you know, really, you know, I like I said, I understand the outrage. Um, the problem is, it's not going to stop. 
if you have 350 million people, right, there's just, there's going to be incidences. There just is. Like, you know, it's just by by the mass sheer numbers uh, of it all, there, there's going to be incidences and there's going to be ugly incidences, right? Bad things happen in the world. You know, they do. It sucks. It sucks, but uh, but but it does. It does happen. You know, bad things happen, like, daily. And as I stated, some things get televised. Um, you know, others, other stories sort of get swept under the carpet. But, you know, really, there's no, there's no real answer, right? There's no, there's no, there's no major answer. You have to change the system from within. You know, that's, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. You have to change the system uh, from within. But it, it does get frustrating seeing the rinse and repeat. And it seems like every time that we're sort of like ready to sort of, you know, roll up our sleeves. And, you know, if you think about it, you go back, man, it was crazy. Like, remember the pandemic hit, and everybody was sort of, you know, told you can't leave your house, and you got to stay inside forever. And and then after months, just as everything was sort of, like, ready to open, that's when the George Floyd stuff happened. And then, like, the rioting and the protesting began. So it went from, like, the quarantine, you know, pandemic right into right into a summer of chaos and now it's just sort of continuing up again summer of chaos continues and uh it's like you know if this is a game show it's like i'll take pandemic for 500 alex you know the pandemic is just gonna come back soon and say hey look at me i'm back they call football's back though next week <laughs> more more positive but right side oh, football's back Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.